We're still using fucking Internet Explorer. <laughs> hey, listen to Commander Cookout Podcast, episode 53. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and today we're going to revisit our arc of opposition with the Boros Beatdown Control List. Now hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? Whole bunch is going down. We're starting into year two of Commander Cookout Podcast, and we're going to revisit one of our more exciting and CCO-ish arcs uh, in the arc of Opposition, where we take color pairings in magic, and we flip them upside down to make them do something that they wouldn't normally do. Yes. It's exciting. In this case? Boros. It's red-white, typically known for its low-to-the-ground weenie token strategies. And today we're going to do a control deck. Yeah, kind of like an enchantment, enchantress-style control deck, which is usually a little bit more typical or reminiscent of white-green. Yeah. Today we're doing white-red. Which is fun. Also, uh, it's a listener-submitted list, so thank you very much for Durkoch XXL or Durkochzol. Yes, more specifically... Merlin Schmitz is his name, and he's a patron, so we're going to give him a shout-out for that. He was one of our first patrons. There's no way his name is actually Merlin. He's, and he's from Germany, so I think that his name might actually be Merlin. Wow. Very excellent. That is cool. Or as we say in the nation, mucho excellente. Very good. So thanks for uh, sending this off to us, and uh, thanks for kicking off the new arc. But before we kick off the new arc, should we do some social media coordinates? We blew our load on shoutouts already, so once you do your social media coordinates, we can maybe get into some recent kind of stuff we've done, because we're going to be talking about something that you were just trying to do, and uh, you couldn't actually get it off, and I ended up beating you down with a new deck that I just built. Yes. All right, so here we go. We are commandercookoutpodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, so show suggestions. Uh, anything else, but uh, no nudes. New Year nudes. New Year, nude you. Ah, We're also Commander Cookout Podcast on the Google Play, the Google Machine, edhrec.com, YouTube, Patreon, and Podomatic, where we are increasing our efforts to take down the scrapbooking ladies. And other MTG-related podcasts. Yes, F those guys. Also, we are CCO Podcast on Twitter and tappedout.net. Uh, if you go to our tappedout.net page, there is a link to this deck as well as all of the other decks that we have talked about throughout the course of the show and we'll talk about as the show continues. This is normally where we do shout-outs, but uh, we already kind of did the shout-out. I guess so. Moving into what I was just saying, you were building or playing your Ten of the Bloodsore list the other day and I actually was playing against it with my first kind of edition of Lord of Tressorhorn. You've been working on that deck for... Like a year. Since I started the show. And it's not on our tapped out page because I'm still tuking it and tweaking it and tuning it in private. And it turns out all of the jank ass, crappy, nobody's ever heard of them. They have to read every card I play cards that I thought I had I don't actually have. So it was a lot different than what I thought it was. Kind of vulturny, kind of aggro-y, and did some work. Yeah, super surprise kill on Joel. Yeah, super funny. You give it infect or you give it double strike and he's at 10-4. So all of a sudden it's like, he's going to hit you. You're going to die. Pretty good. And then the same game I ended up, uh, you were at uh, you were at 20 life or so at the end of the game. It was just you and I. And I swung all out with everything, including crappy little 1-1 tokens and blah, blah, blah for 19 damage and got you to 1. 
couldn't seal the deal. Ha. And uh, that gave you an extra turn. You drew. There was nothing. So it actually took down a game. Yep. Uh, that, that game, it actually ended up winning. So uh, not bad for a first round. I played three other games and lost terribly with it, <laughs> yeah. which is more typical of my mm, weird builds that I try to force on the playgroup. <laughs> but not what we're talking about today. We're talking about Merlin Schmitz's Boros Control deck. Yes. Headed up by none other than Bassandra Battle Seraph. Now, we've talked about her. Uh, she has beautiful art on her. She's a very lovely lady. Oh, yeah. She would be another angel that I would hang in my house, maybe behind or beside Apocalypse Angel. I have that huge, like, eight-foot-tall banner of Apocalypse Angel. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hang that. Uh, I would hang this one, too. Excellent. She is a 4-4 flyer for three red, white. Players can't cast spells during combat, and then she has red. Target creature attacks this turn if able. Kind of like Goad, but Goad says target creature attacks and can't attack you. This is like crappy Goad. Or Chode. Yes. She has Chode. (laughs) That strangely wants me... Like makes me want to hang her in my house less now that I'm thinking of a chode. chode. Yeah, well. So let's get into the list. The main course, the recipe, if you will. Creatures, three creatures. If you three, three plus Bassandra is four, and two of them are kind of like just functional reprints of each other. We got uh, let's 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 bang through these faster than we've ever banged through creatures before. I love banging creatures. Don't Google that either. Oromancer. 2-2 two, two for white, 2. Enchantment from your graveyard into your hand. Monk Idealist. 2-2 two, two for white, 2. Enchantment from your graveyard to your hand. Mesa Enchantress. 0-2 for white, white, 1. Cast an enchantment, draw a card. Done. Wow. So I guess we're not going to be beaten down in this Boros deck. There will be no beating down with proper creatures, if Ooh. you know what I mean. And I do know what you mean. <laughs> you guys might not, though, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Instance, seven. Fairly standard Ferris. We can go through these pretty quick Oh, as well. no, but it's a charm. Oh, I have to remember all the modes. Okay, I got this. Boros charm. Boros charm. Choose one. Four damage to target player. Um, permanence you control become indestructible, or target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Very good. Did I get it? You did. Yes, I'm the greatest magic player in the world. <laughs> Condemn. Tuck target attacking creature onto the bottom of library, and its controller gains life equal to its toughness. Enlightened tutor. Tutor to the top of your library enchantment. Path to exile. Exile a creature. Return to dust. Exile two artifacts or enchantments for white, white, two. And it's an instant. Yeah. Like, F off. Interesting uh, thing about Return to Dust. It is an instant, but it only exiles two things if you play it on your turn. Oh, otherwise it only exiles one thing. Yeah. Yes. There Sorry. Was a bun- there was a bunch of those, a cycle of those in, I want to say, Planar Chaos. Yes. Every color got one. Next up, Starstorm. Ooh, I like this guy. Red, red, X, instant, cycles for three, or Starstorm deals X damage to each creature. Each creature. So it's kind of like a Wrath of God, and we've talked about... X wrath effects in red and their merits in killing things strategically. We sure have. Next, Swords to Plowshares is the last one. Exile a card. Its controller gains life. Swords target creature, yeah. Moving on. Sorceries, 11, so we're moving up a little bit. Blasphemous Act. Ooh, I like me some Blasphemous Act. 13 damage to every creature for red, 8. Costs generic less per creature on the battlefield. 
So it could be 13 damage to each creature for one mana. Chain reaction. Red, red, two X damage to each creature where X is the number of creatures on the battlefield. So again, you can strategically kill something. Or everything. Or everything, which is also strategic. Dawn to dusk. Ooh. White, white, two. Choose one or both. Return an enchantment from your graveyard to your hand or destroy target enchantment. I like it. Day of Judgment. Destroy all creatures for white, white, two. Descend upon the sinful. Descend upon the sinful is a weird one. White, white, four. Destroy all creatures and delirium. If you have four cre- or four card types in your graveyard, you put a 4-4 four, four angel into play. It's exile all creatures. Ooh. You know what this should be instead? We talked about it last week. What's the card that Joel played, that one that I talked up so much? Uh, white, white, four, exile all creatures. Yeah. Well, this is technically better than that. Shut up. <laughs> I just really like that card from last week. This is better than that, but I wish that Delirium was get a 4-4 angel for each creature that was exiled, and it costed like 7 mana. I'm sure, given that it's white, it would still cost 6. It probably cost 4 if it did that. (laughs) I haven't made a joke like that in a long time, so we're back. The card we were talking about earlier, it's called Final Judgment. It's from Crapagawa. Remove all creatures from the game. Doesn't get you an angel. I, I like the name. And the picture, it's got like this cool dragon that's like melting into the ground. And then some big snakes and shit. Is he the guy that's making the final judgment? Or is he the one who's being finally judged? It's hard to tell what's going on, but I'll bet you that card looks effing sweet as a foil. And I'll bet you it costs a buck. I love cards that are foil that cost a buck or less. All right, moving on, moving on. We're up to uh, end hostilities. White, white, three. So it's a five mana wrath variant. Destroy all creatures and all permanents attached to them. So it gets equipments as well. A dealer tutor. That's a tutor for an enchantment. I think it goes into your hand, right? For white and two. Insurrection. So here's a win condition. Red, 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 five. Eight mana total. Untap all creatures. Gain control of all creatures. All creatures gain haste and you beat wholesale ass upon everybody with them. It basically says win the game. Did you notice that we're doing the same thing? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It basically says win the game. You're right. Next up, plea for guidance. Plea for guidance. Sorcery, search your library for up to two sorceries and put them into your hand, I think, right? For red, sorry, for white three? It's actually, it searches for enchantments and it costs white five. Ooh, but and you get two. You get two. So it's like idyllic tutor, idyllic tutor on one card. Yes. I don't mind it. It's all I right. Mean, you you kind of need two enchantments in this deck to win. So we'll take it. We'll take a win the game for six mana. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna jump the next one, do the last one, and then we'll come back. Yep. Wrath of God. Destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. The strictly better version, unless you have a bunch of regenerators, <laughs> to yes. Day of Judgment. White, white, two. Destroy and the, everything. And the last one, what is fast becoming one of my most favoritest cards ever, in spite of the fact that I rarely get to play it, Star of Extinction. Very excellent. So red, red, five. Destroy target land. Okay. <laughs> That's terrible. Why wouldn't you play Stone Rain? Because Star of Extinction then deals 20 damage to each creature and each planeswalker. 20? 20. Remember when this card was spoiled and I was putting it in decks like before it had even come out? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. And you promptly went and bought a bunch of foil ones? Yes. Although my first foil one came from F.U. Joel. Somebody cracked it at the pre-release and Joel traded for it for me. 
Ooh, anti-FU. Yeah. Nah, just kidding. Not FU, Joel. Okay, so Planeswalkers. We've got four walkers. We got an Johnny Vengeant. He is uh Brando will give these ones a read because we don't see planeswalkers very often, especially when we're trying to stick to the budget. A Johnny Vengeant is a three loyalty planeswalker for four plus one. Target permanent doesn't untap during its control next untap step. Minus two, you lightning helix something. That's three damage to it. You gain three. Big ability, minus seven, destroy all lands, tar- target player controls. So pretty controlly, hey? He's a dirtbag. Next up, we have Big Chandra, the Torch of Defiance. She's a four loyalty planeswalker for four. Four abilities as well. The first one is you exile the top card of your library. You can play it. If you don't play it, leave it in exile, and all of your opponents take two. Or you can plus one to add red, red to your mana pool. Or you can minus three her, and she'll deal four damage to target creature. Or you can minus seven her, and you get an emblem that says, win the game. What it actually says is, whenever you play a spell, you get to five something. Wow. Pretty good. I guess pretty controlly as well, because it's letting you draw cards or deal damage. Or deal damage or deal damage. Fun story about Chandra. I was playing Modern. I've taken to playing Ponza in Modern, because apparently I'm a bad person. Mm. And Ponza plays Chandra. And I was playing some new player who's like very new. His deck wasn't really working for him. And he only he kept like a one land hand. It didn't draw any land. And I'm sitting there. Do I stone rain this kid's planes and just like do I do that? Do I be that guy? So I didn't. And I just played strictly worse just to see if this kid could like get some play out of this game that we're playing. Good and guy, Brando. I eventually ended up killing him by ultimating a Chandra, and then just not I, stone raining his land, but playing other things. Yeah, just play like other. like playing Blood Braid, take five, cascading into something, take five, don't attack. I actually, what I think I did was I went Utopia Sprawl, take five, Utopia Sprawl, take five, Arbor Elf, take five, and then something else, take five, and just killed him immediately. It was, it was a bloodbath. Good guy, Brando. <laughs> so moving on, we have Elspeth's Sons Champion. This is probably one of the best Planeswalkers in Commander. It's a four loyalty, six mana Planeswalker in mono white that says, plus one, put three, count them three, one one white soldier creature tokens into play or minus three destroy all creatures with power four or greater or minus seven you get an emblem that says creatures you control get plus two plus two and have flying wow i don't mind it don't mind that at all as long as you're the one playing it and again sounds sounds like an aggro thing but controlling in our case because you're always going to block 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 while you're making dudes and then you're going to kill everything. Then you're going to make dude, make dude, block, 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 kill everything. You're just going to up and down her, up and down her, right? Yep. And if you can never get to that end point, you're just laughing. Well, you don't need to in this deck because of the the enchantments we're going to talk about. Correct. Uh, and then last one, we got Gideon Jura. He's a six loyalty planeswalker for five, also mono white. You can plus two him to make all of target opponent's creatures attack him. Or you can minus to him to destroy a tapped creature, or you can zero him, and he becomes a 6-6 creature that can't take damage. Hmm. What the hell? Gideon's got that kind of crappy goad too, hey? He's got a chode. Yeah, he is also a chode. But he doesn't die. I've been saying that about Gideon for years, that he's a chode. <laughs> no, that's Jace. Oh, no, wait, it's also Gideon. Yeah, I've been saying, yeah. I feel like they should just have gotten rid of Gideon and just left a Johnny. I like the Johnny as the White Planeswalker. Well, the Gatewatch is meeting a Johnny on Dominaria when we go there. Well, I hope that he kills Gideon and usurps him as a White Planeswalker. 
And I hope he makes Jace wear a collar and walk around on his hands and knees. And kicks him into a volcano. I like what you said better. Don't Google what I said. <laughs> That's like three things that you can't Google yeah, we're, this show. Yeah, we're just on a roll. We're on a tear. Yeah, new year, new us. <laughs> three tutors in the deck. That's only going to be important for spiciness considerations. We've got Enlightened Tutor, Idyllic Tutor, and Double Idyllic Tutor. What was it called? Plea for Guidance. That's what it was. So they all search for enchantments and put them into your hand or onto the top of your library. And I suppose now would be the time to go to enchantments or do you want to go to artifacts first? Let's do artifacts first. We'll bang through them because um, they're mana rocks or some little controlly type cards. Boros Cluestone. It gives you a white or red and you can sack to draw a card. Boros Signet. Gives you a white or red. Caltrops. Whenever a creature attacks, Caltrops deals one damage to it. Commander Sphere. Gives you a white or red, sack to draw a card. Crystal Chimes. Sack it, pay three, get all enchantments back from your graveyard to your hand. Important, in a second, you'll find out. Darksteel Ingot. Indestructible, taps for white or red. Hedron Archive. Taps for two colorless, sack it to draw two cards. Mindstone. Taps for colorless, sack it, pay one, draw a card. Norn's Annex. Phyrexian White, Phyrexian White, and three. Creatures can't attack you unless they pay Phyrexian White? Which is... White two, or two life. Yeah, white or two life. Yeah, that's good. Sol Ring. Costs one, taps for two. Spectral Searchlight. Ooh, Spectral Searchlight looks an awful lot like Ghoul Caller's Bell, and I don't know what Spectral Searchlight does. Only Ghoul Caller's Bell. Spectral Searchlight is an artifact for three. You tap it, you choose a player, that player adds one mana of any color to his or her mana pool. Well, so you can give away mana. I don't know why the hell you'd ever do that. Or just keep it. Yeah, I don't know why you do that. I feel like you could probably play something better. But we'll move on to that later in the potential cut section. Lastly, but not leastly, Staff of Nin. Mm, played this last week. Six mana. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card, and you can tap it to deal one damage. If there's tokens or pesky 1-1 one, one mana dorks or whatever, I think you're playing it to draw a card. Agreed. Yeah, maybe Mind's Eye is better because it costs five, but you have to continuously pay into Mind's Eye. I just wanted to mention it now because it's not on my notes for potential cuts. Staff of Nin's fine. Mind's eye is more expensive in terms of dollars and cents anyways. Enchantments? Enchantments. Okay, so there are 24 enchantments in this list. And we're going to bang through them because there are a lot of redundancies. And instead of using, you know, instant sorceries, artifacts to do some of this stuff, we're using enchantments in this list. And yes. you'll see why when we get to the cards. And right, we'll, we... we'll, we'll, we'll kind of take some extra time on those ones. We'll plow through these ones. Or of Silence. Aura of Silence makes your opponent's stuff cost more, and you can sacrifice it to destroy an artifact or an enchantment. There's one of those removal ones. Aurification. This is a little unique, hey? Yeah. From Prophecy, I think. Sorry, from Onslaught. So, White White 2, if, it, if a creature deals combat damage to you, put a gold counter on it. Creatures with gold counters on them turn into walls which means they gain defender yeah they can't attack or block and then when orification f's off uh oh sorry they just can't attack when it f's off uh remove all gold counters so this is a removal spell if somebody wants to attack you next up banishing light enters the battlefield exile a thing till it leaves for three mana removal spell blind obedience Control spell. Artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped, and it has extort, so you can eke a little bit of life out of there. Chained to the rocks. Oh, just because all podcasters mention it, I think we should mention that extort has a white or black, like an Orzov hybrid cost in its 
reminder text, you can still play it because that's not technically on the card. It's reminder text. So you still can play this in a Boros deck, even though that's an Orzov mana symbol on the card. Right. Pretend it's not there, essentially. Anything that's in brackets. Yeah. Just ignore that. Uh, Chain to the Rocks. Enchant Mountain you control. Chain to the Rocks enters the battlefield. Exile a creature until Chain to the Rocks leaves the battlefield. And it's cost white. Like It just costs white. It's pretty good. That's a removal spell on an enchantment. Circle of Flames. Whenever a creature without flying attacks you or a planeswalker, it takes one. And that is red one. Ghostly Prison. Creatures can't attack you unless they pay two for each creature attacking. Grand Melee. Ooh, another Onslaught classic. Red three, all creatures attack, all creatures block each turn. That's like super goad. You know, and if you look at the picture on the card, it's Kamal the Pit Fighter fighting like a farmer with a spear. Uh, I don't think that's a fair fight. No, I I think I know who I'd be putting my money on. Yep, let's keep going. Grasp of Fate. It O-rings one permanent for each opponent you have for the same mana white white one three total greater oromancy other enchantments you control have shroud enchanted creatures you control have shroud for white and one super good island sanctuary white one if you would draw a card instead you may skip it if you do until your next turn you can't be attacked by creatures with unless they have flying or island walk so that is kind of a cool anti-attack card like Ghostly Prison, except instead of them paying two, you skip out on a card draw. It's pretty neat. Karmic Justice. If somebody's thing destroys your thing, you get to destroy their thing back. Karma. Yeah. Picture super sucks. It's like it's a breaking stained glass window that isn't actually attached to anything. It's like above a river. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, they, they, poor choice, wizards. Poor choice. Next up, light minefield or light minefield. Ah, no. White, white two. Whenever one or more creatures attacks, light minefield deals damage to those creatures equal to the number of attacking creatures there are. It's like a little chain reaction. But just for the oh, attacking yeah, creatures. Oh, yeah, it's like chain reaction for attacking creatures. So one creature attacks, it takes one. Two creatures attack, it takes two. Five creatures attack, they all take five. Very good. Yeah, I like it. Luminarch Ascension. Here is another one of our win conditions to put beside Insurrection. You can tutor this on turn one with your Enlightened Tutor or naturally draw it. So you have two chances to get this on turn two. White one, at the beginning of each opponent's end step, if you didn't lose life this turn... You may put a quest counter on Luminarch Ascension. White 1. Create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. Activate this ability only if Luminarch Ascension has 4 or more quest counters on it. So you cast it on turn 2, and then you say, go. Opponent says, go. Opponent says, go. Like players 2, 3, 4 give you counter, 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 because you're playing control, control, control. <laughs> or it's turn two, and they just don't have creatures to attack you There with aren't yet. a ton of decks that play those low-to-the-ground, one, two-drop haste guys. Y exactly. and uh, Unless somebody played a goblin lackey on turn one, the odds are you're probably not going to be taking damage. Yeah, or like a mana dork that they've chosen to you know attack you with. Which happens. Yeah. Luminarch Ascension, it, it's funny, it starts with an L because it's also called Lightning Rod Ascension. Yes. If you land this on turn two, expect to be public enemy number one because 4-4 four, four flyers for two, like you're getting 
you're getting one, you know, before turn three, sorry, just after turn three, then you're getting two, then you're getting two again, and then you're getting three, then you're getting five. You can get lots of angels, and you're going to win the game very quickly this, with them. This is a this is a hate a hated card. It's a yep. hate card, but it makes people hate you. Let's move on. What else we got? Nevermore. Enters the battlefield. Name a card. Name card can't be cast. White, white, one. Can't, uh, sorry, non-land. Maybe you name Luminarch Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that in your own deck. Oblivion Ring. That's Oblivion Ring. It's a removal spell. I like this one. Power Stone Minefield. Lots of minefields and Caltropsy type things, hey? Yeah. White, red, two. Whenever a creature attacks or blocks... Power Stone Minefield deals one damage, or sorry, two damage to it. Hmm. So attacking and blocking is very uh, disincentivized in this deck. Rest in peace. Everybody and, knows rest in peace. Yeah, enters the battlefield, exile a graveyard. If card put into the graveyard from anywhere, exile it for white one. Smoke. Huh. Smoke. No way. This is actually a card. Red, red. Players can't untap more than one creature during their untap step. I just added this to Noran the Wary. Yeah, that's like a controlly staxy type card, right? Yeah. It's like it's like Winter Orb or Stasis, but just for creatures. And in red? It's for red, red. I says, pardon? What? And, it, and it's like 22 cents. It's Excellent. Awesome. Sphere of Safety. I like this guy. This is like Ghostly Prison for white four. Creatures can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control unless their controller pays X for each of those creatures where X is the number of enchantments you control. It can, uh, JJ plays this. Yeah. And it can be a house. Yeah, like, host. like pay 10 for every creature that you want to attack me with. It's, it, it can be awful. Total yeah. war. Total war. Red three, whenever a player declares an attacker, destroy all untapped non-wall creatures that player controls that didn't attack. So you have to attack with everything or it dies. Yeah. And, and it doesn't count for creatures that that have summoning sickness, right? So it like it specifically says if it can't attack then it Ryan, Total War is a complete non-bow with orification. If you could see me right now, I'm looking down my <laughs> nose at Ryan and I'm kind of waggling my head back and forth like a control snob. It is a total non-bow, but if they don't want to attack with something so it doesn't get a gold counter, then it's going to die. Yeah, it's, it's actually they, pretty good. Then if they do attack, they they get a gold counter. And then the next turn, they die. Yeah. Oh, no, they don't die because they turn into walls. Yeah. That's why it's a non-bow. Uh, War's Toll. Another war card. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, tap all lands that player controls. If a creature an opponent controls attacks, all creatures that opponent control attack if able. So it does the same thing kind of as Total War, except it makes them use all their mana as well. So you tap your mana, the ability triggers, and you say, oh, crap, uh, it's going to tap all my mana. In response to war to War's Toll's tap mana ability, you just tap all your mana to get all of your mana, but then you can't hold mana up for instant speed stuff or post-combat main phase stuff. So that's another really good stacks card for red. Sigil of the Empty Throne. And this one gives you 4-4 four, four Flying Angel Creature Tokens. White, white, 3. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. So you're casting your enchantments to stacks people out of the game to remove their stuff and to further your board position, and you're getting free 4-4s out of the deal. Pretty good. Not terrible. For a kicker of zero. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this on cards to add section. If you played something like Earthquake, not going to get your angels because they fly. Yeah, 
And last in the, it's one of my personal very favorite cards in the whole world, Repercussion. Red, red, one. Whenever a creature is dealt damage, Repercussion deals that much damage to that creature's controller. Now zip the show, zip the show back a few minutes to where we talked about Star of Extinction, and then laugh. Yep. Star of Extinction. Destroy target land, and then Star of Extinction deals 20 damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Let's say you have four creatures out. You probably will because it's like turn six or seven. Take 80. And you're going to eat a whole bag of dicks with yeah. shit on them. Ooh. Yeah. Gross. Totally don't gross. Google that yeah, either. Yeah, don't Google that either, yeah. Also works with Starstorm. Also works with Earthquake. Also works with... Light Minefield. C- Circle of the Flame. Light Minefield, like Brando said. Power Stone Minefield. Repercussion is probably the all-star of the deck because you can search it up, cast it, then go big with an X spell or punish their creatures for attacking you, which in turn punishes them to attack you. So that's kind of how the deck wants to do. Yeah. 38 land after that. Not very many utility lands. And when we talk about the budget and, and include section, there's going to be a whole crap ton of lands in there that I think one should include for a fairly affordable price once we make a couple expensive cuts. So we're going to move over that real quick. Okay. Card draw spells, five of them in the deck. That's definitely Boros Weakness. Yes. We're going to talk about one in a minute as well that I like. And I already mentioned Mind's Eye. Five mana, whenever somebody pays, or whenever somebody draws a card, you can pay one to draw a card. Yeah. you got to leave mana up for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like draw a card or cast Path to Exile or get a 4-4 four, four Angel for free. Like I don't know. We've talked about decks like this in the past where people are going to be all up in your shit. When you're playing this, like people aren't going to like this very much because it kind of disincentivizes them from doing what they want to do. You're going to kind of be on the defensive, so it's important to be able to leave up mana to defend yourself. This strategy is called, within the control archetype, this strategy is called stacks. It's you're leveraging something that's hindering them, or whatever you're doing is hindering you less than it hinders them. Right? Yeah. You're not going to attack until you have a bunch of angels. You're going to keep stuff tapped. You're going to play the enchantment game to do all of this, but you're going to benefit from playing enchantments with, with Sigil. Right? You're going to benefit from creatures taking that minuscule amount of damage because you're going to search up repercussion. Right? That's how it works. Correct. Five card draw to help you do that. Targeted removal, including planeswalker abilities. 14. Lots. Control deck, right? 13 mass removal spells, including the ones that deal one damage to things, because that's going to wipe tokens. Yes. Right? If whenever a creature attacks, it takes one or two, and you are a one or two creature. You're going to die. Right? Yep. If you can even attack, because then you're, then you've got like the... Uh, Norn's Annexes and Ghostly Prisons. Exactly. And- you might not even be able to get through with more than a couple creatures in a token deck anyway. Can you imagine paying 14... Mana to play a creature and then it attacks and it dies anyway. <laughs> 14 mana, two life, swing in. Oh, right. It takes three and then it dies. Yeah, Shit. Ex- exactly. So, and your other stuff that you didn't attack with because you didn't want it to die, die. is just going to die. Yeah. Excellent. Ramp spells. Big Chandra. Uh, what's her name? Torch of Defiance. Torch she's, of Defiance. She's going to minus to give you red, red? Plus. She pluses to give red, red? Yep, she's good. good. She's 25 bucks. She's the only, let's call it air quotes, ramp spell. That isn't a mana rock. Can we do better? Or can we do better on our, our wallet? 
in red white not and have it be repeatable not and have it be repeatable without having the the mana rock dilemma where like we've got eight mana rocks and she is a win condition too like there are times where you're going to have not much going on and if you just have chandra and you're ramping with her you're ticking her up ticking her up ticking her up and you have her hidden behind the chip bowl if you smitty you will eventually <laughs> get that that emblem and that emblem wins you the game every time maybe if you plus her to get two if you had something like pyrohemia out which is an enchantment yep. and that doesn't kill your angels you plus two her for red red pyrohemia for two that yeah. just keeps all the little guys, all the little mana dorks honest. It's going to repercussion people um, down incrementally. right? Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you plus two her with Pyrohemia out, they're going to take two from Pyrohemia. All their creatures are going to take two. And with repercussion, they're going to take two more. So take ten more. So Chandra's plus two add to is actually four damage to them. Yeah. Okay. It's a spectacularly powerful card. Anytime I've ever played it, actually. No, it is yeah. one of the better planeswalkers. It's out very there. good. Eight mana rocks, probably enough. Like we're we're running three point four eight average converted mana cost. That's right in the middle of where we want to be on the back of mostly three and four drop cards. And it's not stuffed full of X spells either. It could be running the repercussion game. You could definitely pack this thing full of X spells. It's only running a couple. Very much. Now, moving on to how to play the deck a little bit or, or how the deck plays, you've got six one-drops, but four of them are removal spells and one of them's a tutor. I mean, your 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 early game, there's nothing because there's nothing that you want to remove so badly to path it on turn one. Yeah. I mean, very little. There is some things, right? And two-drop is kind of the same. It's a few more rocks and... Yeah, nine of your 11 two drops you'd play, but they're like mana rocks, which is cool, gets you to four on turn three, but nothing super powerful. Like, what's your best play on four mana? Is it is it Chandra? Is it... It'd be, I would say it's either, well, no, because you have to protect Chandra. That's she's right. gonna She's going to draw the hate, so your best play would probably be, I'm going to say a light minefield. Power stone minefield yeah. to keep the little guys from attacking you? Norn's Annex. Yeah. Something like that, ghostly prison. Something that's going to start making it difficult for you to be hated out. You want to get your control card out first, then you can drop so the spell that's going to make them hate you. What my notes say, turn three, 18 three drops. The deck comes alive and starts to control. And that is only exaggerated if you have a turn one or two mana rock that gets you to four on turn three. So you could control the game more maybe with two cards maybe with one four drop card on on turn three so this i don't deck, think that that's bad but it, it it it's slow and it's reactive and it doesn't do anything to actively take the game until the end when it's swinging with you know sigil tokens or insurrection and, and even then um the deck is called barbed wire field is that what it's called? barbed wire fence barbed wire fence and much i don't know if anybody's ever fallen on a barbed wire fence i have the more you struggle, the way worse it gets for you. That's a thing, yeah. And, and that's the truth. And this, Standing there by itself, barbed wire fence isn't going to hurt you. But if you go and drive your snowmobile into one, that's going to ruin your day. Yes. And, and this deck, again, it's a lot the same. As you start to kind of build and build and build, eventually somebody's going to... you got to jump the fence eventually. 
And eventually yeah, the fence is gonna, high it's gonna get so tall and so thick and the barbs are gonna be so sharp that there's nothing that you can do to get over it. It's gonna look like Vimy Ridge, nineteen fourteen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> terrible. You heard about no man's land? Ask your grandpa about no man's land. Still can't go there. Just like that. Yeah. Oh, but we live in Canada. It's no people's land now. Oh, oh. I'm gonna jump out the window now. See you later. <sighs> Okay, so we'll wait for Ryan to get back for a second. Hang on. Turn four. <laughs> or five plus. Tutor for sigil, go to town. Enchantment, control, make angels, beat wholesale ass. Correct. Because by the end of the game, even control decks got to beat wholesale ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the deck does get fairly backbreaking once you start landing. And if you get enough enchantments out there and you can stick them, the, the deck can be very backbreaking. Okay, moving on to the budget of the deck. Fairly affordable, two hundred and twenty-six seventy-five. So, how much is that in Canadian? Um, hang on, it's uh four thousand nine hundred sixty-one forty-three. Not bad. It's all right. That's that's very within but that's within budget for most people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid magic. Stupid expensive. Okay, so I talked about the lands earlier in the show, 38 of them, and not really any meaningful way to ramp out lands other than playing lands in Boros colors. You got your Evolving Wilds, your Terramorphic Expanse, your Myriad Landscape, the ones that we talk about on the, uh, on the frequent. On the often. Yeah. This deck, part of the reason it looks so cheap to me, I, I said, look at all the basics in it. It's running... 16 planes and 11 mountains. Lots. 27 basics is a lot. For a two-color deck. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking, where's the command tower for a buck 29? Where's the needle spires? That's the two or the one-two double-strike manland for 69 cents. Where's the Sunhome Fortress of the Legion for 79 cents? White, blue, white, red, two, tap. Target creature gets double-strike until end of turn. Or, you, I mean, you could F the budget a little bit, and you could play, uh, what is it, Dinkmouth Nexus? Or is it a different card? The, It's a land that, for one, it turns into a 2-2 two, two flying infect creature, or a 1-1 one, one flying infect creature. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Ink, Ink, Ink Moth Nexus. Yes. Yeah, you could play that. That's like $7,000. Well, don't play a control deck, then, if you don't want to play all the control cards. Ryan. I suppose. Let me play Stalking Stones instead. Oh, you could play Stalking Stones in here. Yes, you could. Becomes a 3-3 three, three for 6, but taps for colorless. Where's the Strip Mine? Where's the Scavenger Grounds for 350 that exiles graveyards? That's important for a control deck. Yes, it is. Right? Strip Mine's 10 bucks. Forgotten Cave and Secluded Step. Those are the red and white cycling lands. Late yes. game, draw land. Don't need it. Don't need that no more. Don't need it. That they turn into card draw spells late game. They're twenty five cents a piece. Where's the maze of it? Where's the core haven? Those stop attackers from hitting you. Where's the mistvale planes? Which is seven fifty now. Mistvale planes is a land planes. You tap it, pay white, put a card from your graveyard onto the bottom of your library. Say somebody destroyed your sigil of the empty throne. Get it back. Or say somebody just destroyed your luminarch ascension. You put it on the back. Uh, you, you, or bottom, you idyllic tutor, you wrath of God, Luminarch Ascension. Nobody's going to play creatures and you're going to get your Luminarch Ascension right immediately back online the next time it's your turn. Yeah. I like uh, Mistvale Plains, I man. I'm telling well, you. Yeah. So how do we, how do we, how do we make room, right? That's $47 worth of lands I just suggested in like a minute and a half. 
You so, cut two mountains and you cut two planes and you, you just put you them in there. A couple of these, a couple of those. It's actually 16 basics that I cut out of the 27 that there are. Yeah. So you're still running like whatever, 11 basics. You're not playing Blood Moon. Yeah, it's fine. You, where's the Blood Moon <laughs> if you're playing that many basics? Jeepers, creepers, it's cheap now. I thought, cut your Chander Torch of Defiance. She's she's 25 bucks, and we're not playing Pyrohemia, like we said. I don't know if we're cutting Chandra Torch of Defiance for a Blood Moon. Is going to save you any No, money. not for a Blood Moon. But I'm talking about if you wanted to save your 25 bucks. Just hear me out. Torch of Defiance, 25 bucks. Wrath of God, 7 bucks. If you cut them both and play a Fumigate. Remember Fumigate? I think we talked about it last week, didn't we? Destroys all creatures. You gain a life. For each, each creature destroyed. Yeah. For um, six or five? For five, yeah. It's 250. Hour of Revelation. White, 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 three, destroy all non-land permanents. Costs white, white, white if there's ten or more permanents on the battlefield. Wow. Yeah, white, 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 kill everything. 79 cents. That's you can good. play those two and save yourself 30 bucks to put all those land in that I said. It does destroy your enchantments. You don't want that. I suppose. Yeah, you got to be careful. It, which reminds me, uh, you don't want to play this in this deck probably, but you could play Obliterate. Woo-hoo! You could play Obliterate in this deck if you want to be that kind of a dirt sandwich. You know what I like? Decree of Annihilation. It doesn't, gets in- doesn't get enchantments. Ooh. Doesn't get enchantments. That's why you play it with um, the Cheese Stands Alone from Unglued and the- Baron Glory. Baron Glory is the real one, but I never remember what it's called, so I just say Cheese. <laughs> Decree of Annihilation is going to Norin along with Obliterate. As right. so soon, soon as I get home. So excellent. As as I get so home. Y- you had some suggestions as well. Assemble the Legion. Assemble the Legion. I think Assemble the Legion is red, white, Three, put a counter on it each upkeep and then put a 1-1 soldier creature token into play for each counter on it. A muster counter. Yes, and they all have haste. Ooh. And all the creatures have haste. Like it's it's incremental, it's a little slow, it's a little bit more borosy than the deck is. But I mean you gotta have a win condition. And I mean it fits the theme of the deck, it fits the tone of the deck, it fits the tenor of the deck. It's just pretty good. Now, the only problem I have with it is that it is a non-bow with Power Stone, Minefield, and Caltrops. They die when they attack, but they do have haste, and when they die, you don't lose your muster counters, so you get them back at your next upkeep. Yeah. So you always get them back to be able to attack with them. Yeah. Or you could pop them in and block with them. It makes it into a incrementally and eventually better, not better, uh, Elspeth, but it could be Elspeth 2 in the event that Elspeth 1 gets her, her, her butthole rocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I don't mind that. You just got to watch out for the non-bows there with the with the attacking or don't attacking things like Caltrops and Total War. Correct. Because they have haste. They come into play, Total War says they have to attack or they're going to die. Yes. Yep. Okay, what about Ether Flash? Ether Flash, I Enchantment, really like. right? Yeah, also an enchantment. I think it's for Red Red 2. Not good with Assemble the Legion. Whenever a creature comes into play, it takes two. Turns off token strategies. And whenever somebody plays something into your repercussion it just it shocks them every time they play a creature oh yeah shock for a creature that is like pyrostatic pillar almost whenever you play a card with converted mana cost three or less you take two yeah it's kind of the the same deal it turns your repercussion and your ether flash into one card yes you could just play that one card you could just play pyrostatic pillar i don't actually mind pyrostatic pillar in commander now because that downward trend in converted mana cost that we talk about sometimes lots of people are playing decks that you know the average converted mana cost is 
three or less. Yeah, pretty soon you're gonna see assholes rocking Trinospheres. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually is a stacks thing. Trinosphere could probably go in this deck. Yeah, it could. But that's a that's very non-budget. Yeah, and of course we talked about Pyrohemia. That was your other suggestion to yes. go alongside Shandra uh, yeah. Torch of Defiance. You could also rock a Elish Norn in this deck too, if you wanted to go with Assemble the Legion, because it would take your Assemble the Legion oh, tokens yeah. out of. And she's only about ten bucks now. Yeah. And, I mean, she's also kind of staxy. She shrivels up all their creatures so that they die on your caltrops while yours are now big enough to trample over the yeah, caltrops. Or they and just get die. In. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, and don't forget, uh, Elspeth Sun's Champion's Ultimate has all of your guys getting plus two, plus two. Yeah. And Elspeth Knight Errant, the first Elspeth, her ultimate makes all your permanents indestructible. And she only has plus abilities. She's got Make a Soldier jump a dude like plus three plus three and flying and then her minus eight is all your artifacts enchantments and creatures gain indestructible craziness yeah yeah so don't mind any of those and uh elspeth one only costs four mana so she's right in the wheelhouse of where this deck wants to start coming alive both good because i mean she doesn't cost six she costs four but i mean you probably want to cast something so you don't get attacked on turn four correct you want to get down your your soft control stuff you can also play stuff like Tangle Wire on in this deck. It's again, it's kind of stacksy. It slows you down too. Is that the one that creatures can't attack if their power is greater than the number of cards in your hand? That is Ensnaring Bridge, which that, you could also play. I like that one. Modern or Masters Twenty Five just printed that again, right? Yep. And it would be good in a deck like this because, like we've talked about, Boros doesn't have a lot of card draw. So an Ensnaring Bridge, you're probably only going to have two, three cards in your hand, probably because you're going to want to drop one every turn. So I got one. Sure. Talking about card draw, let's talk about Inheritance. This is a gem from Ice Age. It's an enchantment for white. Whenever a creature dies, any creature, pay three, draw a card. It's not bad. It's three mana to draw a card, but it's repeatable and it's in white. And it costs way less than Mind's Eye. Very much so. Yeah. Like, it's 22 cents or 85 Canadian dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind spending $85 on some junk. It's not from Ice Age Story. It's from Alliance. Which makes it way better. Way better. <laughs> okay. Strengths and weaknesses? Wait, wait, wait. How about card, card of, the, of week? the week? Our card of the week this week is Island Sanctuary. Good control card. Fits into the deck like we're talking about. Cheap AF. Around 75 cents or 4 bucks Canadian. Yeah, and originally, I'm looking at like 3rd edition, 4th edition, 5th edition. Was this like an alpha or beta original? It was. It was alpha and beta. And if you want the alpha or beta ones, you're looking at eh, about 75 bucks for the alpha one, 58 for the beta one. So if you want some of that black-bordered shit, you will pay the black-border premium on uh, this card. Mm -hmm. And if you want the large radius black border premium like those cards from alpha have 75 dollars <laughs> wow yeah excellent but still very affordable otherwise if you want just a white border one it's got really simple colors you could alter this fairly easily to extend the border out it'd look really nice too for sure so let's give it a read one more time island sanctuary if you would draw a card during your draw step instead you may skip that draw if you do until your next turn you can't be attacked except by creatures with flying and or island walk Okay, so not very many things have Island Walk, and you can kill the things that have flying in this deck. And if they do get through, they're going to take a bunch of damage from your Power Stone minefields, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, 
And if you run something like Inheritance... That's what I was just about to say. With Inheritance, Mind's this card Eye, is... Mind's Eye, yeah. Staff of Nin, you're going to be drawing that card that you skipped anyways. Yes. Okay. Very good. Don't mind it. I also like it. So there we go. There's our, our thing. So now we can do Strengths and Weaknesses. Okay. Strengths. Controlling. I think we've beaten that one to death. Opposite of what you think, right? And and that's if if we're staying away from the Elish Norns and the what did you what did assemble you assemble the legion assemble the legion? It's a control deck, and it's I get totally it. Totally control. White's deck. a controlling color, and and red can control with its X and damage and blah blah blah. But when you put them together, it's like this is a control deck. It's not an aggro deck. It's not a token deck. It's it's not a Boros deck. Perfect for Arc of Opposition. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good creature, enchantment, artifact, control. Good. Strong late game with all the enchantments, sigils, and 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 things that uh, you can get back with your Auromancers and, and your Monk Idealists that we talked about at the top of the show. Budget friendly, 226 bucks. Very excellent. Weakness, slow, not very good um, in the early game other than removal. Correct. But you're not going to remove anything that's so impactful it's without also, special circumstances being in play, of course. I would also say that a weakness of this deck is that it's really, to a point, it's really reactive. Most of your artifact control comes from things attacking or specifically attacking you. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of eke around that until you draw your Fracturing Ooh. Gust or your Calming Verse or your yeah destroy all enchantment stuff you know what that makes me think of in back into the strengths category is it's very political oh yeah you're not going to do anything to me or sorry i'm not going to do anything to you unless you attack me i'm not going to kill your guys your guys aren't going to take damage i'm not going to do anything so don't attack me it's like a good drinking deck this is one of these decks that i mean i'm shooting myself in the foot for my final thought this is one of those decks that really lets you be that political player at the table which i really like it yeah. lets you play the game outside the game and you know that political decks are also good drinking decks and i liken them to also kind of like choose your own adventure books you can choose to go down this path if you want attack me i dare you your team is gonna eat a whole bag of dicks and get stomped into the dirt you could turn your back on the space vampire assuming it can't stretch its neck a giraffe like a giraffe and kill you or you can just shoot it with your laser gun. That's an actual choose your own adventure that I read when I was a kid. Hmm. Vampire always got me. Dang. Because it's like, no, you can't just shoot it. It can't be that easy. Even in space, vampires don't die when you shoot them with a laser. Turns out they do. Really? Yep. Huh. It's the old question. Why do only silver bullets kill werewolves? If you shot them with a rocket launcher, they're going to be in 4,000 pieces. Who cares if they're alive? <laughs> Same deal. <laughs> Okay, last weakness I want to talk about, not a ton of ramp without spending a ton of money. So we're talking about your mana vaults, your mana crypts, your moxes. Those are the things that are going to get you three mana on turn one. Yes. <laughs> or your five mana on turn two. Yeah. Or and your all of those... seven mana on turn three. And this deck is begging for that. Yeah. But if you want to keep it budget friendly, you're, you're not going to do that. You yeah. get an ancient tomb. You can get all kinds of. And you know what? When I'm when I'm th- my brain automatically goes to ooh seven mana on turn three. I want to play Elishnorn, right? But Elishnorn herself, after you spend the hundreds of dollars on a on a mana base and an artifact ramp package, you're going to spend another ten or fifteen on on Elishnorn. No. No. Right. So I mean, or or. Seven mana on turn three. I want to starve extinction after I played my repercussion on turn two. Well, you're not going to kill anybody that has like two creatures. Yeah, everybody's going to have one three guys. creature. Well, uh, actually, if they have, 
If they have two guys, have it two does kill them. They might, they might die. That's right. <laughs> Unless they play the gain land. Yeah, if they play the gain land. Yeah, yeah. We could play gain lands in this deck. That's a good idea. We could. Because some of the stuff does hurt us too. That's that's a thing. Could you put a Furnace of Wrath in this in this deck? Absolutely you could. Would you put a Furnace of Wrath in this deck? Um, Red, red, red is tough for this budget mana base, but you could do it if you didn't want to land it on turn four. Because it does make your Circle of Flame better. It makes the, as I told you, to include the Aether Flash a ton better, although it kills all your Angel Tokens then too, which isn't good. Oh yeah, that's the thing. No, yeah. I, I wouldn't put it exactly for that reason. You're essentially turning off your one conditions. of three win conditions when that card is yeah. in play. And you'd have to waste in your own enchantment removal on your own card. Yeah. Although you could just play Furnace of Wrath in lieu of Aether Flash, which is fine. And I think that makes like it makes your light oh, line yeah. feel better. It makes lots of your stuff better. Hell, it makes Chandra Torch of Defiance's other plus ability where you just remove the top card of your library from the game and then don't play it. Now everybody takes four instead of two. I don't mind that, yeah. Dang. Okay, I'm bringing up Milk List. Everybody loves the Milk List. Okay, so Milk List, as per EDHREC.com, is the most popular cards at each converted mana cost in the color pairing that we are talking about today. Red, white. Okay, at the zero converted mana cost slot, Everflowing Chalice. No. One drop slot, Sol Ring. Yes. Two drop. Boral Signet. Yes. Three drop slot. Sunforger. No. Not in the list. Well, not a whole bunch of cheap stuff other mm. than removal. I guess you use Sunforger to find removal spells, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's not very many creatures to attach it to either. Yeah. Four drop slot. Return to dust. No. Wait, yes. 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 Ooh, five drop. Assemble the Legion. No. Sun Titan at six. No. That'd be a good one. Gisela Blade of Gold Knight at seven. No. Avacyn Angel of Hope at 8. Nope. Be a good one, too. Blasphemous Act at 9. Yeah. Playing that one. Kozilek Butcher Truth at 10. Nope. Metalwork Colossus at 11. Nope. That's a weird one, hey? Emrakul the Promised End at 13. Nope. Emrakul the Eons Torn at 15. Nope. So we are playing four Milk List matches. Not too bad. Not bad. That's normal, and you, you normally see them in the... Uh, in the low drop slots, and I appreciated the Metalwork Colossus at 11. I haven't seen yeah. that on the milk list yet, I don't think. Yeah. What is that? Metalwork Colossus costs, it's a 10-10 for 11, and he costs X less, where X is the total converted mana cost among non-creature artifacts that you control. And uh, you can sack artifacts to take them from your graveyard back to your hand. Not in this deck. No, 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 no. Oh, it's, I wonder if there's like some weird artifacty Boros deck that we... Red maybe... is the artifact color now. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll brew with him in the future. Okay, spicy calculator. 104 lists for Bassandra Battle Seraph. She is 14th as far as popularity goes. She's just EDH underneath. She's just underneath Anya Merciless Angel and just above Munda Ambush Leader. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't really like either of those commanders. The point is, she's not an aggro commander. She isn't some artifact equipment type commander. She's not a token commander. And she's not Bryon Stoutarm, which, I mean, you could cram any big creature into Bryon Stoutarm, but I don't know. Maybe he's just not that interesting because I have a deck of Bryon Stoutarm. But Bassander Battle Seraph is distinctly different in that she's not an aggro commander. She is the one and only, I would suggest, non aggro Boros commander. Come on, Wizards. Get on it. Yep. Okay. Stop trying to force us to play what you want us to play. <gasps> yeah. Throwing it down. 
3.48 average converted mana cost, critical turn, 5, optimal game size. Probably you could play this wherever you wanted. It's just a control deck. It's a stacks deck. Stacks is good in four-player games. Yeah, and it's good in six-player games. Yeah, I would I would almost say that you want to stay away from the bigger games because stacks is going to actually attract more hate to you. Yeah. In a six-player game. I'd say maybe you'd want to if you want to whip this out in maybe like a three-player game if you're just waiting for your fourth buddy to show up or just play it in a regular pod. You could play it 4 or 5. I would say 4 or 5 is probably where you want to go with it. That's this fine. Pod. 3 tutors, that really hurt the spiciness factor and I mean idyllic tutor is like 28 bucks if you wanted to cut it. I wouldn't wouldn't shake a stick at you because you're going to save yourself 28 bucks. You're going to up your spicy like a lot. And um, Could you play Academy Rectum instead? Well, that's... Does even, it cost even more? That's even more. It's like 60 bucks. What? Yeah. When it dies, you exile it and you put an enchantment from your library onto the battlefield is what that card does. It's a creature. It's like $60. Would you also play Open the Vaults? I know that we're just... Open the vaults? Return all artifacts and enchantments from graveyards to play? I don't mind that. How many how many artifacts and enchantments are your opponents getting back though? Yeah, that's the that's, that's the, the thing. thing, right? You spent all your your whole deck is designed to make sure that they don't have any of that. That's true. Right? And it costs six. Yeah. F that card. Yeah. The stock list might play it. We're playing thirty two different cards than the stock EDH rec list for Bassandra. Punch it all into the spicy calculator. Boop 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 boop. 37. It's not very good. It's not very good, but if you... This goes back to when we talked about Balthor a couple of weeks ago, where the number doesn't really... It's not really fair to how spicy the deck is to play. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of true for many decks in Arc of Opposition, because they are so different than what you normally expect. Kind of breaks the spicy formula a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like, you're going to get a different gameplay experience out of this, unless, of course, you're playing against a combo list, in which case you're just going to get your butt pushed in. Yeah, because you're too slow. Yeah. And you don't really interact with anything that they're doing. Unless what they end up doing is attacking you with creatures. Yeah, or unless they're trying to land an enchantment and then cycle the table to use the enchantment to win the following turn, but that's not kind of how combo decks do it. Yeah. That all being said, if you took out two of the tutors, because remember the spicy formula lets you have one tutor. Let's say you cut idyllic tutor and you cut enlightened tutor. You're going to save yourself like 50 bucks. You're going to play... You're going to keep Plea for Guidance because that's going to let you search for two enchantments. Your spice rating is going to go up to 51. And that's can, pretty good. And you can add that Sun Titan to get your enchantments back. Yeah. 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 Okay. I like it. Final thoughts of the day? Thought of the day. First part of thought of the day. Come back next episode. We're going to have a brand new giveaway set up as we move into the second half of the Arc of Opposition. As we're, you know, the first half happened a few months ago. But as far as this deck goes, I really enjoy it. It's very reminiscent of me of what my Noran the Wary deck has recently kind of been morphing into. But it adds white, which I don't really like. But still, the deck is a lot of fun to play. It gives you that table, politic kind of gameplay experience, which is always different because it actually has you interacting with the other people at the table. Not just to crack jokes, not just to call them buttholes, not just to say F you, but to actually interact in a real meaningful gameplay experience it isn't just i counter your thing or i kill your guy you're influencing their turns which is kind of fun and i enjoy that so as we move through our arc of opposition come back next week where we're going to do a comboless is it deck oh how ballsy are we here on commander cookout podcast hit our theme song Ooh.